Welcome back in. You were listening to the August 24, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. We are brought to you by the folks at the RotoQL. Start picking teams like the pros. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is a first-timer here on the mailbag. He's a heavy hitter in this industry we call fantasy football. He's the new sports product manager over at the Quant Edge, where they bring you the tools you need to play like a pro. Hashtag TQE. Welcome into the show, Elliot Christ. You can find him on the tweets at, you guessed it, Elliot Christ. It is great to have you on the mailbag show. Elliot, man, what's good? How's it going, man? I really appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that someone can appreciate being easy to find on, uh, the, the Twitter machine. You know, just kept it simple with Elliot Christ and people still struggle at times, but you know, I, I'm glad you could appreciate that one. Look, so you know what? I mean, simple is best. And I'm guilty on this very show. Sometimes it takes me and everybody in the show knows this, like a thousand and one words to say what I should have said in like, four words. So, you know, simplistic is always best. And we try to do that while we're answering all the off-season questions for the weeks, whether it's dynasty trades, player and team outlooks, off-season prep, you name it. So let's go ahead and keep it simple here, as they say. But before we do dive right in, Elliot, I'd be remiss. No, I'd be a fool not to give you the mic and bust like a bubble. Elliot, Christ and TQE, man, you know you in trouble. Just come with it, man. Like, what is it? What's going on here? You got the Opti, you got the tools, you got the charts, you got the chats, you name it. What is all the rave about? I don't, I don't know if I can, you know, top what you just said right there in terms of the, the rap and everything, man. I think you have more <laughs> flow than I do, but I'm so excited about the Quant Edge, man. I feel like we're bringing a ton of, uh, tools, content to people that's not really out there before. We have your standard optimizer. You know, you can make 150 lineups. You can make one lineup. You, you can set groups you can set exposures you can lock players in lineups you can do everything else that all the other tools have uh, we're also going to have some ownership stuff par- partnering over there with fanshare the the tools we're really excited about we have an injury tool where you can take any player offense or defense off the field and get an understanding what his value is to a team and all the other players so for example if i want to take david Bakhtiari off the packers i can see that aaron Rodgers' yards per attempt dropped by a full yard in 2017 you know, we can quantify offensive linemen player, uh, offensive linemen when they leave the field or, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, the, uh, the Saints gave up an extra yard per attempt when he was off the field. And these, these are real life quantifiable, uh, metrics we can have on all these guys. We can see when Antonio Brown's off the field where, uh, the, the targets go. I mean, they went, they went to Juju Smith, but you know, we can really do that with every single player across the NFL by snap, not by game, which is, which is unique and, there's nothing else like that out there currently. And then our wide receiver cornerback matchup tool where you can take any wide receiver, tight end, cornerback, safety, or linebacker and compare the the, the players by uh, where they line up on the field, where uh, what kind of routes they run and how they've had success, You know whether uh, a cornerback may be really susceptible to go routes, and then you have a guy like Brandon Cooks, something along those lines. And you also have by coverage type, so whether it's, Zone coverage, man coverage, uh, press coverage, press jam, where he actually gets a hand on someone. You can see how these different receivers and cornerbacks really fare against each other. And our head-to-head tool basically allows you to do whatever you want, but it allows you to help make decisions between two players. You might want to compare A.J. Green and Julio Jones and DFS that week and try to see who the better play is. You compare players by uh, weekly metrics. All of our rankings are done in uh percentiles so we can actually break up tiers so no more questions about whether or not he's rb3 or rb4 you know sometimes we realize that the difference between rb4 and rb5 is as different between as big of a difference as 
between RB six and RB fifteen. You know, there there can be huge gaps there where where your standard rankings will drop. And we also have heat maps, and you compare you know a defense to a wide receiver, and say you have Cole Beasley of the Cowboys, and you're trying to see how the Panthers fare against wide receiver threes. You can see that you can see all the different sections of the field, and this is all within a click of a button. On top of the fact that we're gonna have about over twenty podcasts and articles exclusive to our listeners with the premium chat as well. Uh, you know, just for a hundred dollars with promo code Elliot, it drops, uh, $15 to just 80, $84.99 on the season. So, you know, we're, we're really excited about the tools we're bringing, constantly working to improve everything we have as well and bring new tools to market. And we're really excited to, to break into the industry. At this very moment right here, for all you folks out there listening, if you are listening to this show right now in this very moment with your kids in the car, go ahead and hit pause or cover their ears. Do the, do the earmuffs with your kids because I legit have a fantasy football DFS hard on right now because everything I just heard is just music to my ears. I mean, the injury tool, I mean, you have legit, uh, from the NFL perspective, I think you're the first that I've seen anyway that has actually taken, you know, the tool that we all use in the NBA DFS, uh, the NBA Wowie tool, right, on and off the court. Everything that's going on, I mean, you're legit doing that with the injury tool right now. That is just fantastic stuff. And we talk about narrowing down your player pool and, and getting to a core select group of guys from a GPP perspective and then from an optimal perspective in cash games. That head-to-head tool really helps you get to the floor optimal plays there. So this is just exciting stuff. I'm really excited to get in there and start playing with this stuff as well. So based, Elliot, on these new tools that you have up and running now, give us something something interesting that you've maybe learned about a specific player using the TQE tools that maybe has excited you about drafting him. And on the flip side, maybe somebody that you're a hard pass on because of the tools as well. So I'm going to give you two players that I'm excited to draft. And the first one is Kenyon Drake. And I know that he's kind of all over the place in terms of how people feel about him and with the Frank Gore news, but I still anticipate that he'll play about 65% of the snaps. And, you know, his efficiency numbers were amazing, but when you look at his impact on the Dolphins last year, you know, when he was on the field, they passed 66% of the time, which is great for the receiver he is, but their run success jumped by 10%, their pass success jumped by 7%, their explosive run percent uh, tripled, their explosive pass percent went up 3%, and their yards per carry jump by over a yard per carry, and their yards per attempt jump by over a yard uh, per attempt. So that's a guy that you just need to get on the field. And going in the fourth round, you know, he killed it the last five weeks of the year. Um, I, I think he led all running backs in fantasy points after Todd Gurley, if, if I'm not mistaken. And Drake's a guy I'm really excited about. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is another guy I'm really excited about, basically because of his downfield efficiency. Any route that he had an A dot of over 20 yards, he had a wide receiver rating of 95 or higher, with the exception being uh, go routes. But on crossing routes, he had 143.8 rating, fade 143.8, post 127, uh, wheel route 95. And I just think that he didn't see a ton of volume down the field, but if that increases this year, he could absolutely blow up at his ninth-round ADP right now. And the guy that I'm a little bit worried about is Jimmy Graham. And I know that, you know, he's everybody's darling right now because he's going to Aaron Rodgers. But if you look at Graham, you know, people say, well, Rodgers is the man inside the 10-yard line. But can Graham get any more work inside the 10-yard line and inside the red zone? I mean, he saw 37% of the red zone target share last year, which was uh, number one in the entire NFL. Number two, spoiler alert, was Devontae Adams. So it's going to be tough for both of them to maintain that. And you look at Graham, he does, he's kind of lost some of the explosiveness to his game. 
I know Air Yard shows that he's uh, a below-average athlete now in terms of speed. And you look at his targets downfield, he only had 15 targets, 15 or more yards down the field. Didn't do much with them. He finished with 79 yards on 15 targets of 15 yards or more. Uh, all of his routes run down the field. He had a very poor uh, wide receiver rating. He had no touchdowns made um, on plays 15 or more yards down the field. And you look at a guy like Martellus Bennett, who actually you know everyone was excited about last year. And Aaron Rodgers only targeted him twice more than 15 yards down the field. And he was not a consistent red zone threat. So, you know, Jimmy Graham's a guy I'm a little bit worried about when I use some of these tools and dive deeper in on him. Just good stuff all around there. I'm, w- I'm with you across the board. I mean, I've been drafting Kenyon Drake specifically on play draft and the .5 PPR where you can get him in the fourth, even fifth round sometimes there. I mean, at the end of the day, not all of your players have to be on good high powered offenses and I'm not saying he's LaDainian Tomlinson but I say it's the LT effect where he just has such a large enough market share of the overall rushing aspect I think you know and to your point Frank Gore's there but I mean it's you know whatever it's Frank Gore Kenyon Drake show over there in Miami Nelson Aguilar and then Sean Siegel also has an even cheaper uh, investment you're going to want to check out on the site with respect to, to Mike Wallace there so why take all Sean when you can get Nelson Nelson screaming value in the ninth and then you can still it's almost like a wide receiver handcuff that you can go ahead and just take somebody like Mike Wallace in in the 17th or 18th round, some of those best balls that are still going on as well. So this is the type of high high volume content you're going to get all year round on rotaviz.com and again you can still get that 30% discount to the rotaviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage at rotaviz.com slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content and it also supports this very pod. You can also support the pod, subscribe to, and rate the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. If you're a fan of the show and you want to sub directly to the Fantasy Football Mailbag feed, do so. It takes hard work getting the show out every week, and do us a solid and hit that rate button. Now, you can also support the Road of His Radio Network and our 10 shows per week via Patreon. That's right, folks. Gain exclusive, elite access to Road of His Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all of your fantasy football questions, whether it's Redraft, Dynasty, DFS, it doesn't matter. We're going to be here every Sunday morning for you. The Patreon ships are going to start at just $5 a month and provide you, again, exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's uh, four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5 a month. We're out here. We're grinding hard. We're creating for you and your earbuds. So do us a solid and just, uh, that $5 a month is all we're asking for. So become a Rotoviz Patreon today. Join the elite community of listeners. Access premium content. Do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce, uh, produce high quality industry leading programming. That's patreon.com slash Rotoviz radio. And lastly, but not leastly, if you have any QQs you want answered on the show, email us rotovizradio at gmail.com and we'll go ahead and get that set up for you. All right, Elliot, let's dive into the, uh, some of the QQs for the week. Here we go. The first one is a redraft. It is a PPR best bench stash. So here we go. We've got Tyrell Williams, Keelan Cole, Mike Wallace, Quincy Anunwa, and Javorius Buck Allen. Uh, this dude currently has Tyrell and Allen on his bench, and he drafted them both for a buck. One dollar, that is. Uh, the others are on the waiver. Would you take any of these guys on the waiver over uh, Tyrell Gazelle or Buck Allen? Kenneth Dixon, according to this uh, question maker here, <laughs> Dixon looked good in the preseason. Tyrell ranks higher most places, but his gut says Keelan. What What about yours? It's it's tough to compare a wide receiver to a running back, you know, Keelan Cole to Buck Allen without seeing 
a roster and understanding what the construction is. But honestly, I would probably keep Tyrell and Allen because I think Allen's going to get that uh, pass catching role in Baltimore. You know, I, I think that he's undervalued right now. He's going in the last rounds of drafts, but he's got a distinct role where if anything happened to Alex Collins, he could blow up. Uh, Keelan Cole, that I think Cole is talented, but that wide receiving core in Jacksonville, especially in redraft. It's something I want nothing to do with at the moment. Yeah, I, I think you really have no idea. I think uh, Marquise Lee is probably the favorite to lead the team in targets, but D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, uh, Dante Moncrief, D.J. Shark. Every day you hear from a different beat writer <laughs> that a different guy has been the best guy in the, the camp. And Mike Wallace, I think he's more of a best ball guy for me or uh, a, a stash if you have Jeffrey, like you mentioned earlier. Quincy Nunwa I like, but ultimately I think I would take Tyrell and Buck Allen. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he drafted the right guys from the from the get go here. Um, you know, I like Keelan Cole, but I mean, you can still get Dante Moncrief for cheaper, so I'd I'd rather have that. And what I think is higher touchdown upside there, and uh, Quincy Anunua. I mean, New York, that roster's still wide open. I don't I don't see any reason why why Quincy Anunua can't get to the top there. He has done it in the past, so I mean, sure, Robbie Anderson's there, but I think Quincy Anunua is the best bet. Well, I mean, see, this is where we assume as Sig. Bloom uh, says on Twitter, the assumption of rational coaching, right? Like, Jameen Curse is going to come in here, gobble up some of those secondary targets, and just tilt the hell out of me still when we know that should go to Quincy. But uh, what, what can you do? I'm, I'm with you here, Tyrell and Buck. Uh, the next one here is another keeper. Hey, guys, love the show. I can keep one or two of Andrew Luck in the ninth, Deshaun Watson in the seventh, or Jimmy uh, Stormy G. Garoppolo in the seventh. Is there any scenario where you'd want to keep two if they're potentially talented? Top five QBs. Is Stormy G a new nickname for Jimmy G? I I had not heard that one before, but <laughs> no, but uh, I think it should be now. <laughs> I'm if I had to pick one of those guys, I'd go Luck in the ninth. I'm always kind of a later round quarterback guy. I mean, Watson's my favorite player in the NFL, so I don't I want to be unbiased. Uh, but Luck in the ninth. Would I keep two quarterbacks? No. Um, if you're desperate to do it, though, I would I would take Luck and Watson. I think Jimmy G in the seventh is the worst value of all three of them. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. We also don't have enough information on this question. Like, if he would have let us know, also, are there any stipulations? Are there are there any ramifications for for these these keepers? Right? Because I mean, like, Luck in the ninth is fine. You know, these quarterbacks, I definitely wouldn't keep Jimmy G in the seventh here. Deshaun Watson, like, yeah, that's technically a value over ADP right now. But, like, I'd rather just, you know, if you can get away with not keeping any of these dudes, like, just keep your flexibility because I don't I don't really see enough value here screaming from a keeper perspective that says, oh, yeah, you got to keep this guy here. But, uh, yeah, if you've got to pick one, it's it's luck here. Um, next one here we've got, uh, oh, here we go. Elliot, what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? Well, the best purchase is anytime I bought a GPP ticket and then it won, right? <laughs> like that, that's got to be best purchase. I bought a Geno Smith jersey one time. That was not a great. That was that was the bottom five purchase of my life. I'd probably say. Like I know those are boring answers, but <laughs> I'm is... trying. I'm trying to really think about dumb things I bought. Girls' that... drinks at bars that those didn't. That has often not gone great. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> There have been there have been a lot more bad financial decisions in terms of things to spend money on than good ones, but it, definitely it, GPP tickets are best decisions. It was because of the Geno Smith jersey. If you weren't if you weren't wearing that, that drink at the bar might have gone a little bit further. 
that was that's an issue, man. Anytime you immediately scream non not intelligent person when you walk in with the Geno Smith jersey. <laughs> Fantasy douche used to have the hair on fire. Uh, starting QB, Geno Smith was a part of it, and yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've I still have hanging in my closet a Jay Cutler jersey. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. Like, seriously, what am I going to do with it? At least he's on reality TV now, so you know, I, I guess I can say there's some sort of. Um, sentimental value in it i don't know man i don't know that's just gross i don't know moving on team outlook now that kenny Britt has been released can i get a check on what we're expecting from the passing game and the read progressions apparently uh jordan matthews uh can still be in the team's plans later on this season but does it speak more loudly that somehow uh cordero patterson has survived these cuts is it possible that maybe they deploy cordell patterson on some of the early season quick hits julian edelman would normally take does this mean they may actually use James White more as a wide receiver, or even Jacob Hollister via two tight end sets. My head is spinning trying to figure out where this crucial fantasy football volume is going. I think it's going to go to Gronk, to be completely honest. Uh, that's that's where I want to buy up as much shares of this offense as I can. And obviously, Chris Hogan's a popular name, and Edelman will come back week four. Um, it's really interesting when you look at James White, because he's basically a receiver as it is. And the last two years when he's on the field, the team passes over 81% of the time. So he is a receiver at this point. You know, when, when he, he's a tendency setter, when he's on the field, teams know you're going to pass. Uh, I think Cordell Patterson's actually interesting because I, you know, he's, his issue has never been his athleticism or his talent. It's that kind of football itself isn't necessarily a strong suit for him. <laughs> right? right. It's like he can't run around. He can't learn playbooks, but like he, if you get him the football, he can do a ton with it. Uh, and he, I know he had that one awesome, uh, what, screen pass where he broke up for like 25 yards with a touchdown in preseason this year. Um, Patterson is a late round interesting guy. Like, Eric Decker's a guy I have no interest in. But ultimately, I think that this team's gonna have three running backs to get the ball to with, with White, uh, Burkhead, and Sony Michelle. It's gonna be a lot of Gronk, some Chris Hogan, and Edelman when he comes back. And Patterson may sprinkle in there. But, you know, they might even sign Dez. To be honest, I'm just buying Gronk and kinda, getting some of the running backs as they go wherever Hogan you know if he falls I'll grab him but you know the the trying to guess the third wide receiver option is not something I'm kind of aggressively going after yeah, no. I mean, you you know where your pieces are. I mean, I who 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 doesn't like Gronk, right? So yeah, you're getting him. I mean, Hogan. I mean, he's still a value. I don't understand why he's not going as high as you know the fourth or fifth round at this point. You can still pluck him in MFL tens in the sixth round, and you're definitely fine with that. Rexy Burkhead, you can still get there. You already mentioned James White and the passing splits there. And I man, I'm I'm with you on CPAT, right? Like, no, you're not going out of your way to draft him. But I mean, like. Early season, week one, week two, I mean, like, they line up in bunches on the left, and they just tell CPAT, like, literally, just go stand between these other two guys and don't freaking move. The ball is coming your way, and then take it to the house when you get it. Like, I don't know. Maybe it seems too simple. We were we started off this show in simplicity, right? Like, Belichick, maybe he has a version of simplicity for CPAT. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. I don't think there's anything much projectable there, but, I mean, if I've got deep rosters, Deep Dynasty and especially early weekend like cheap MME just one-off plays like yeah I'm gonna take a dart on him uh, because why the hell not um, Dynasty Derek Henry or a 2019 first 2019 first are always really tough to answer without knowing where it's going to be but I would I would say Derek Henry pretty confidently. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on the Henry side. I mean, and this is also one of those, like, do you need Derrick Henry? Do you need a running back? Are you in the market for a wide receiver? Because I, I guess the word on the street is, right, like this is the year of wide receivers coming up in 20, 2019 here. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a relative question to position. I mean, I, I think I'm also – I think it's a net-net because I think Derrick Henry is going to be good enough where he's not going to lose value. But I don't think he's going to explode to the point where, you know, it, it's really going to increase his value year over year. So I think it's a wash so long as you don't have like a top four type of first. If there's, you know, any chance it's going to be a high pick, then, you know, I, I'd probably keep the pick. But otherwise, I'll, I'll go with you on the Derrick Henry side as well. Um, Elliot, outside of a Geno Smith jersey, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? I'd probably pick TV. Because, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's what I like. to. I mean, when I'm chilling or whatever, I'll throw a TV, uh, TV show on, you know, Netflix. Netflix and chill. I know that's like a popular sex thing, but I like to just <laughs> Netflix and chill by myself. I mean, I don't know, but um, I also like. I thought about this question a little bit, and do I get to experience everything as the inanimate object? So, like, if I'm if I'm a TV, right for a year, do I get to like understand everything that's happening and 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 download all that information? And when I like am no longer a TV, know everything because. I think that'd be such an advantage for DFS and fantasy if I could watch every game at all times and process all that information. That is a legit winner for the show for the season. You're right. I mean, you are inherently, like, you are computing that information. You don't even have to watch it. Like, it is intrinsically in your, I was about to say your blood, but, like, it's in in your wires. I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. That'd be, <laughs> but but you're, you're right. I mean, you it, there's some sort of personification. I mean, you are the inanimate object. You are the TV. So, like, yeah, all eyes on you. I mean, you're the you're the center of attention when you're in the room. I mean, people maybe pay attention to you when they're when you're in the room. Like, I got a TV on pretty much at all times. Like, sometimes it's just like stupid stuff in the background. That's like because I I'm not like a focus kind of guy. Like, I have just way too many pitter-patter kids running around the house. Like, I need some sort of distraction to keep me from getting distracted. And that's what a TV's for. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say you'd, you'd be helping me. Yeah, so I'm all about it. Well done. Well done. Uh, redraft PPR, what's the earliest round you'd take Chris Thompson now? And how about Peyton Barber? Both these guys seem like they should have drastically different ADP from, let's say, a month ago. Thompson's tough. If he was healthy, I'd feel much more comfortable taking him earlier. I would say... Seventh or eighth for Thompson. Barber, I don't really want to go much higher than the tenth because I ultimately think that Ronald Jones is going to see a ton of time and Barber's kind of been a jag his whole career. Uh, you know, and they, they spent a lot of capital on Ronald Jones. Uh, but I will say that, you know, early best ball a month and a half ago when Peyton Barber was going in the 15th to 18th round, those, those are going to be some teams that have a chance to be fantastic because of that. Yeah, fair enough. I the the tough thing about with with CT, right? I mean, is is because of everything that's transpired now. Like, if you want Chris Thompson, and if you if you make the stance that you know what, if he gets it, if he gets to me in the seventh or maybe eighth, I'll, I'll go ahead and take him. Like, chances are, I don't think you're going to get him. Like, maybe if it's a I don't know a softer league, but I mean, I I think he's going to go and land in the sixth, maybe seventh, and I think that's where you got to take him. Mean, I. I know he's going to start slow, but I don't. I mean, Rob Kelly, Samaja P. Ryan, like I'm, I'm definitely okay with Chris Thompson, Peyton Barber too. I mean, like this is this is where it's tough. Like we were talking before the 
show about preseason football and it kind of slanting your your view, uh, the collective view, not you, not me, right? And you know, like I, I'm sure I'm a little concerned about Ronald Jones here, but I think even with Ronald Jones, I, I think we've gone a little bit too far. Where I don't, I I think I'm okay with Peyton Barber in the ninth range, um, but yeah, that's the. These are all guys like Ronald Jones that, you know, they were going in the fourth and fifth round. It's almost like all these RBs between round four to round eight are like the perennial season-long GPP plays. You know what I mean? Like none of us really have a clue what this volume is going to look like at that point. We think we know what's projectable, but at the end of the day, we don't know what the hell these coaches are going to do. Yeah, I think that's a really call, good call, and that's why I love taking Kenny and Drake in the fourth round. 100%. I think he's the, the highest ceiling of all those guys. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, redraft PPR. Uh, no, we're moving on to fuck Mary Kill. We've got the rookie running back overdue check back in. Okay, so this would have been a good opportunity for me to just kind of smoothly segue into this one, but clearly I lost my place here, Elliot. <laughs> so uh, we've got Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, and Rashad Penny here. So what say you? Well, I mean, right now you've got to marry Royce Freeman, fuck Rashad Penny, and kill Ronald Jones, right? Like that's based on everything at this moment. Mm-hmm. So Petty's putting on a little weight, you know, um, and, and Jones is a little slimmer. So maybe, maybe you got to switch that up just for the looks perspective. But uh, football-wise, I'm going uh, Mary Freeman, fuck Penny, and uh, kill Ronald Jones. Isn't it great that this narrative, like, there's no consistency or continuity. Like, whichever way you want the narrative to go, it goes like, hey, look, I put on 10 to 15 pounds, and this is going to make me better. On the flip side, there's another dude like, oh, I took off 10 to 15 pounds, and this is going to make me better. Like, does it, do we really get any sort of barometer in terms of when adding weight is good or, or losing weight is bad? Like, I guess... I don't know if we're, if we're like maybe we're fat shaming and okay you got to lose ten to fifteen <laughs> here, but I mean yeah I, let me ask you something about Royce Freeman though right like Booker has been the three down guy I mean Philip Lindsay here has has been the talk of camp I mean he definitely had the collegiate and production profile um it just kind of got shunned uh starting you know from a combine point here so. I mean, do you think there's more chance? I mean, but Royce Freeman, I mean, he was the beast, right? He's got the overall best collegiate profile here. Ronald Jones, I mean, he is still the youngest running back here. So it's like, sure, he's still got a lot to learn. But, I mean, uh, is there any, like, who scares you the most in terms of stealing touches? Chris Carson or uh, Devontae Booker, Philip Lindsay, or Peyton Barber and anything else they got there? That's, honestly, I think I think Booker's gonna have a, the third down role, and I know every like everyone hates Booker, but you you just want uh, you were just talking about uh, like confirmation bias, and you know when someone puts on ten pounds, we decide whether or not it's a good or bad thing based on whether or not we like the player. And it's funny because I feel like everyone hates Penny, right? But everyone loves Freeman, and Penny comes in, and Carson's listed ahead of him on the depth chart, and people are like. I'm telling you, man, this is Carson's team. You know, Penny, Penny, I know Penny was a first round pick, but I'm not believing it. It's Carson. He's listed first. And then you get Booker listed first. And you're like, nah, I don't believe in Booker, man. It's, <laughs> it's Freeman's team. I don't care that he's, you know, people will do both of those things. And, you know, Booker, I think was seventh in, uh, yards per target last year among running backs. He actually averaged more yards per target than Jarvis Landry, believe it or not. And he was actually <laughs> fairly effective in that role. So I, I think that Freeman's profile is kind of more of a first and second down guy. I think Jones could beat out Barber. Sims is out for the year. He's, I think 
you know, he's I don't think he's ever going to be a great pass catcher, but he's a home run back and can do a lot with less. And Penny was a first round guy that they took and ultimately first round guys get talent, uh, get touches. So I think Booker is the biggest threat to to these guys. fans, Jeremy Hart, Road of His Radio. Do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, of course you do. Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. Now, you may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? Well, I'm going to tell you, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster on your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you your player rankings each and every week, and it's also based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com. Download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. All right, jumping right back in here, Elliot. If you were given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, what would your food pyramid look like? Oh, man, I just want to eat Skittles and stuffing with no calories. I don't know. <laughs> like, like I'm Marshawn Lynch, man. Like, I'll go to the movies and buy, like, four bags of Skittles and finish them all by the trailer. And then, like, my favorite month is November just because every store you go into makes some form of a gobbler sandwich and puts stuffing on everything. So, I know that's not really a food pyramid, but... It's it's like it's the taste of the rainbow, right? Like you've got Skittles literally rolling down the side of your pyramid, which is fine. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. I'm I'm Marshawn Lynch, man. That's exactly what it is. I just want to eat Skittles and stuffing. Uh, Talenti ice cream would be on there. Pizza's amazing. Wait, what kind Beer of ice cream? Talenti. I don't even. Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. I don't even know what that is. Oh, dude, it's sex in your mouth. We're allowed to say that on this podcast, right? Like that's. Oh yeah. Oh, it's 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 so. Dude, go out and buy Talenti, and you're gonna be like, "Listen, putting on 50 pounds is worth it. This thing tastes <laughs> amazing." Now, now, what if you put Skittles in there? Does that does that ruin it, or does that make it better? I feel like you need to eat them at separate times. Understood. I don't, th- I don't think Skittles is an ice cream thing. I I can't like anytime you mention Skittles, like the stupidest commercial is like, "Is it contagious?" I don't think so. Like. <laughs> I can't not laugh every single time I see that commercial. It's so freaking stupid. I've seen it a million times, and yet it still gets me. Why is that? Like, I clearly have idiocy written all over me. I'm the same exact way. (laughs) And honestly, each time I laugh and I think, dude, I would would get Skittle Pox if I could eat eat the Skittles off my back. I feel like we've got the show title right there, Skittle Pox. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) One hundred percent dynasty. Devin Funchess in a two thousand nineteen second, or the aforementioned Royce Freeman. I hate not knowing rosters. Yeah, yeah. So tough not knowing a roster. Um, I probably lean Freeman slightly, but it's really roster dependent. 
Yeah, yeah, it it is. I mean, I think I'm with you on the Freeman side as well because I think just in general, the the landscape, the texture of wide receivers in general in the NFL, I think we're in that point right now where the yeah the the Devin Funches talent you know roster spot is more easily replaceable right now. And I mean, Royce Freeman, just his overall value from an ADP perspective, like it, it's only going up from year one to year two here. Uh, redraft, is there any value to be had with Adrian Peterson or Jonathan Williams? Also, is there anyone in the Bills' backfield that could have value with LaShawn McCoy dinged up and uh, potential other issues waiting to happen here? So this this is the point of the show where we no longer talk about good football players, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think is... we, we have officially reached that point. <laughs> like, listen, Adrian Peterson, I love as a football player, but that that time is come and gone. I, honestly, like I've been doing, I did a ton of draft best balls today, and he was going, you know, in the Peyton Barber range, and I, it's just don't have much interest. Jonathan Williams, I think, is interesting as a last round flyer, you know, because if he gets that Mark Ingram role and he's looked good, and we've seen him look good in the NFL before, as long as he's not on his pregnant wife's diet, you know, he's got a chance to do something. I think in that role, uh, he he could be interesting as a couple week flyer. With the Bills, man, I, I get people are talking about Chris. Why do the Bills collect 30-plus-year-old running backs? I mean, I feel like they have all of them other than Adrian Peterson in the league. The right? only Ivory. smart thing they've done is get Corey Coleman at a discount. That's it. Nothing else. That's all you can do. This offense is going to be painful. I don't really want any running back on that team, including McCoy. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of fading the that running game. Well, if there was a Shark Tank app that didn't exist today – what would it be? Maybe it would be avoiding Buffalo Bills questions, but what else you got? I don't have an amazing idea to put on Shark Tank that'll start a million-dollar company. So if you were listening to the podcast hoping that I would give that away, I don't have that one. But we were talking pre-pod, and I think developing some sort of app where I could just set up a podcast and you know it not get cut off and the sound quality be good and easily adjustable and um, you know some sort of improving the ability to edit podcasts, stuff like that. Um, and a simple version, I think, would be awesome. Yep, that's the one. That's the one right there. I mean, those of us that are, air quotes, in the biz, right, like Skype, Hangouts, like you know, whatever other secondary application, like, dude, it, it's all it's all just a train wreck. Like, just give me a button on an app that you press. We both start talking, and it, it has form, and it functions, and it does exactly what you want it to do. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, it takes hard put, hard work putting these shows out. Because, um, you know, every once in a while things go, go a little haywire in the background and you don't hear that. Well, hopefully you don't hear most of that, right? Like if that's if we're doing our job right. So yeah, the Shark Tank app would be a hundred percent legit. And, uh, there's a promo code two for one Skittles if you download the app. Uh, <laughs> team Outlook with Josh Gordon back. I see everyone talking about why there's no need for Dez now. Can you give us your thoughts on this? I would think he would still benefit the team at a discount, no? Like, this is kind of interesting here. I mean, I think I, you know, we, we saw folks from NFL.com even say, okay, now that Gordon's back, there's no need for Dez here. And I mean, I kind of agree with the person asking the question here, right? Like, do you really want to put Richard Higgins out there? Like, he's fine, right? Like, I, and even Dez, like he's fine, but I mean, like, why, why not just put Dez and Gordy out outside and move Jarvis inside? I mean, I, it seems pretty legit to me. No? Yeah, I can't believe we're at a point where we're saying, are the Browns too talented to add a guy that can still contribute? <laughs> like, I, this team has won one game in two years, and I know they're a different team. Uh, the only thing is, from a Dez perspective, you know, he doesn't necessarily get open. 
very much. He's more of a contested catch guy, a red zone threat, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't think that meshes great with Tyrod Taylor. I think it would mesh much better with uh, Baker Mayfield. But from a Browns perspective, I I still think it's a no-brainer. I mean, you're not going to really rely on Callaway. You're going to let Landry do his thing in the slot. Or honestly, if you want to keep Landry outside, I think Dez could be an excellent big slot, giving him a free release, letting him run those slants, the one route he's really had success with in his career. So uh, be a red zone threat. Have mismatches, one-on-one guys with Njoku and Dez and Gordon that can win those jump ball situations. So I, I think if on the Browns, it makes no sense. And plus from a, you know, just, just from a chemistry standpoint, the Browns need more fighters. And I know that like a lot of analytical people hate, hate that thought, but like you can tell that Landry's having an impact on the team with, from hard knocks just in terms of like the way he brings it every day in practice and guys kind of have to respond. You know, losing kind of, it breeds more losing and get guys kind of comfortable with it and, and bring in fiery guys that kind of get in some people's faces. It may not be great long term, but I think to kind of give the team a jolt, I think Des would make a lot of sense for the Browns. Yeah, with you there 100%. And I think the smartest of the analytics guys also know that, you know, we, we use data driven analysis to, to, you know, create forward thinking, you know, progressed thoughts, right? And, and, and just make the collective game better. But I think anybody would be remiss not to still understand that this is a human game with human elements in it. And there's a lot of cerebral stuff that happens that is, it's kind of hard to quantify, right? Like that's, that's why our most accurate models are not 100% because there is a lot of that unknown. But, you know, we try to lessen that load as much as well. Um, better season overall. Okay. We got a lightning round. Here we go, Elliot. Uh, Jay Ajayi or the aforementioned Chris Thompson? Uh, Ajahi. What kind of league is this one, you ask? Uh, we'll say PPR default. Okay. So Jay Ajayi. Okay, I'm with you there. Uh, James White, also aforementioned, or uh, also the Skittles man, Marshawn Lynch. I can't knock those Skittles after this podcast. <laughs> James Crowder or Marvin Jones? Marvin Jones. Will Fuller or Kenny Galladay? Will Fuller. Trey Burton or David Njoku? Trey Burton, I think, fairly easily. Jared Goff or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. All right. I had Ajayi. I'm with you on This My Son. Um, also with you on Marvin. I've got, you know, I mean, it's no, I can't do that. Like, I want to say Marvin and I want to say Kenny G. I can't take both Marvin and Kenny because clearly one has impact on the other. So I, I guess I got to go. Uh, I'm screw it. I'm taking, I'm taking Crowder. Crowder. Galladay, um, Burton, yeah, boy, I want to take Njoku here, man. Like, I know you said very easily, and I get it. Like, I saw the, you know, like, preseason, I just wanted to see the usage. Like, clearly they were just pushing them out and doing what we thought they would do with Trey, Trey B. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take your side there on Trey as well. Um, Elliot, take a favorite or popular movie, change one letter in the title, what's the new plot, what's it all about? So I think the easiest one to do is take the movie E.T. and change it to E.R. and make it a movie about uh, the emergency room. But that, I feel like that's cheating because it's a two-letter movie. You can so, do it, though, because you can you can make E.T. the staff. Like, he's like the head doctor at that point. Because, <laughs> it, because it came from E.T., like, E.T. doesn't phone home. Like, E.T. saves lives. There you go. That would be a fascinating. I, that would be a terrible movie, by the way. Some <laughs> aliens. Get, I don't know why I said fascinating. Um, and I guess the other one would be Dark Knight if you remove the K, right? And it's just 
a movie about like storms and stuff? I don't like this is a tough question, man. I, <laughs> I thought about making it go from gladiator gladiators and it's just multiple uh, gladiators that are leading a rebellion. I don't know. Um, this, this is not one of my strong suits in terms of renaming movies and designing plots. I, I think I think the winner was ER, man. Like I, I know it's gonna be a stupid movie, right? But like that's what we want. Like Super Troopers is a stupid movie, right? I mean, I'm sorry, but there's a faction of the United States out there that is legally able to partake in a little something something out there, right? And I think they're gonna <laughs> like ER. And they're gonna eat a shit ton of Skittles too. There you go. It's per- perfect combination right there. <laughs> All right. Best uh, best handcuff type running back to target that could win you the cake? Matt Breida. Oh, nice. Nice. I like it and I don't like it because I'm all over Jarek uh, McKinnon this year. Uh, but, yeah, I yeah, they, they're both going to sustain value. That's I, definitely I look at thing. it like, you know, McKinnon could easily be Freeman and Breida could easily be Coleman, but you get Breida at the 14th round while you got to spend the sixth-round price on Coleman. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, last but not least, your sizzling, smoking, uh, scorching hot take for the 2018-19 season. So I'm going to give you two because I've, I've given this Gronk one on another podcast where I think he ends up as the number one overall pass catcher in fantasy points. Ooh. Um, and, and I'll say Kenny Stills finishes the year as a top 15 PPR wide receiver. Oh. Oh man, I like I'm not gonna make outtakes just because of those noises right there. Like I can have some fun with that. And uh <laughs> it's gonna it's but gonna get bad. Can I uh can I throw in some some reasons why real quick? Oh yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, Gronk with his eighteen percent target share last year, you know, he averaged eighteen plus points per game in PPR. Um I guess that's actually I'm looking at drafting scoring, which adds in the, the hundred yard bonus, but regardless, he's played fourteen or more games in three of the last four years. Uh would have been fifteen, but you know, he tried to kill Tredavious White. So that that that's not gonna count as an injury. On top of the fact that 114 targets leave with Brandon Cooks, there's no Julian Edelman. I think his target share could kind of creep up to the twenty four percent. We could see that Gronk season from a few years ago where it's like fourteen, fifteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns. I think that's well within the range of possibilities for the season. Kenny Stills had 105 targets last year. I think his efficiency will go up this year. Have a Marvin Jones like season. There's 160 plus targets. Devontae Parker's banged up. Albert Wilson's not an outside wide receiver. Danny Amendola is going to play like seven games like every other year. And I think Kenny Stills is going to be the focal point of the offense. Could see 130, 140 targets, which would put him kind of in the top 10 target range. Uh, no receiver in the last, uh, six or seven years. I forget which exactly has finished as, uh, less than a PPR top 25 wide receiver that has had finished uh, top 15 in targets. So, you know, Kenny Stills, I think, is going to get the volume. He's going to increase his efficiency down the field and could blow up at his current ADP and I think could be a league-winning pick this year. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. You know you know what actually tilts me? I can see it coming already about the whole Gronk thing, right? Like, how do you not just take Gronk in season long? Like, we are we going to be back at the point, like, I've actually, like, from a redraft perspective, I've actually just been punting the position at tight end, right? Or for, from best ball and just taking a few late and just, you know, hoping the touchdown variance, uh, goes in my favor here. But like, from a weekly DFS lineup setting standpoint here, I mean, are we going to be back in this point where we were a couple years ago where you're saying, how do you not just take Gronk? How do you not just take Gronk? Like, we're, we could very well be back in that spot. And then you're trying to figure out, oh, now, like, which one 
of these bell cow bell cow RBs? Am I foregoing? Uh, you know, am I not? I guess I'm not taking AB this week. Like we, I've always been just value tight end and value QB and jam up everywhere else I can in a cash game now. But now I think like we're gonna have this Gronk conversation every week. Yeah, I, I'm with you by the way in terms of how I've always built my lineups and kind of built my redraft teams. I've never been a take a tight end early guy. Just, you know, I think we, we see Gronk as, you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to get 1200 yards and eight touchdowns. And if he becomes the vocal point of the offense, which is very possible and has TD variants go his way, he could end up with 14 plus touchdowns and 1400 yards. And that's really hard to avoid at a tight end position where that's just going to obliterate the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you're getting value at the wide receiver positions each week, which which we have, and that value goes in your favor, and um, you you have Gronk on your team, I mean, just the positional scarcity in general, like that's that's why you go for a Gronk in a cash game setting because of the positional scarcity there. So, ah, oh, gosh, I just I don't I don't want to be back in this spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just don't want to be here anymore. Like it's been nice. It's been nice paying thirty five hundred for for a tight end on DraftKings. You know, like oh gosh. I right. remember last year, week one, Zach Ertz was thirty six hundred. That mm-hmm. was that was the easiest call of the entire DFS season. <laughs> Well, we're going to have many more of those calls, and you're going to go over there to TQE, the Quant Edge, and you're going to be able to do those uh, opties and those head-to-head matches and those uh, injury on-off apps, just everything uh, smoke and fire here. Elliot Chris with us, at Elliot Chris on the Twitter sphere here. Elliot, man, uh, really appreciate the time, carving out the uh, time to come on the show. Any last-minute plugs here? Uh, not at all. I really I really appreciate you having me come on. Um this was a, a ton of fun. I'm I'm sorry that I didn't have a better app for everybody and not a better <laughs> movie suggestion, but th- this is a blast, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's all good, man. Everybody who listens to this is getting skittle pox. That's all we're here for right now. But uh, if you are out there, again, make sure to hit us up on rotaviz.com slash podcast. Hit up the Patreon page, just $5 a month. That's it. And enjoy those extra shows. And when you're on iTunes, do not forget to rate and review. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio and at fantasygumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.